We're back to the Neil Haley Show on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome to the program Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? And I know that he speaks the truth that you'd like to speak out, right, Dave? This Our guest, especially the book. I, You're a huge fan of President Trump, we all know. And also you have some <laughs> the hard-hitting questions that we had a guest uh, last week we talked to that interviewed President Trump. Uh, but we won't mention that author's name, but we have a great guest today. So go ahead and introduce our guest. <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I think anyone who's a conservative knows who Pekseth is. Uh, he's on Fox and Friends. He's outspoken. He takes on companies like Gillette. I mean, the guy has no fear, and he's my hero. He's author of the upcoming book, American Crusade, Our Fight to Stay Free, a real American patriot. And he checked his genealogy, and his roots go way back to the Vikings. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Pete. Dave Neal, thank you so much. Honored to be here. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right, Dave, first question Honor's for on. Pete. Yeah, go ahead. So, Pete, um, first question, I mean, I got a million questions, but we'll just start with the uh, latest first, is why did you write this book? Now, I know that sounds like a stupid question, but not to everybody, so why did you write it? I wrote it because I think we're at a very consequential moment in our nation. The president has created space for for. Um, people who embrace Americanism, who love American nationalism, our, our, our nation, our freedoms, our first principles. He's created the space for us to fight and taught us how to fight. But his political election and hopefully re-election in 2020 is, is not enough alone to save our country. And I, what I want to remind people of is how far our culture and our education has been captured by leftists who reject the, the, the founding ideals of America, that our rights are endowed by a creator, not from a governor or a mayor, uh, and ultimately have been indoctrinating a generation or two worth of kids who come out not believing that America is a good place, that, that, uh, that, that what our founders gave us is not exceptional. That leads to the death of a republic, as history shows us time and time again. So crusade was chosen. It's a strong word intentionally because I think we need to have – Boldness. We have to be unafraid, unapologetic, and move not just into the not just win in the political realm. I mean, Trump's got to win in 2020, but go into our schools and our culture and be warriors who understand why what we have is special and that it is very much under assault right now. And when you talk when you talk about under assault, uh, listening to the whole, let's talk schools really quickly because my background is a former teacher, and uh, why. Do you think, how do they get that going? Is it the teachers' unions that get that started, that, that mindset to hate America in certain ways? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got, they've been very effective in putting people in places of power to drive a particular ideological perspective. It started 100 years ago with progressivism, but ultimately really started to manifest in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, God was ripped out of schools, um, and, and civics was replaced with social studies, which has its own social justice agenda. Uh, and and it's, over time, we've just sort of inevitably looked the other way or thought, okay, my, my public school's okay, or my, you know, it's a, it's only, that's, a, that's a rural problem or an urban problem or a rich problem or a poor problem. And it doesn't matter what government school your kids go to. And I'm not saying all teachers are bad or evil. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this is a curriculum issue 
this is a this is a pressure of teachers unions. This is a pressure uh, of administrators who bow to political correctness because of what the elites will say about them or do to them. And then us as parents and grandparents suddenly look at the homework and the curriculum our kids are bringing home, and it, it has no connection to the civics and the history and the economics that we were taught as kids. And then we wonder why uh, you know the types of things Comrade Cortez and and uh, Bernie Sanders talk about resonate with kids. It's because they haven't been given the basic ingredients to appreciate America. We are not defined by our sins as a country. We have moved past them together. But now we're at a point where we don't agree on the basics. And that's a really dangerous point and why I think we're at an existential moment. So education uh, has been a powerful tool of the left. And Lincoln once said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation becomes the philosophy of government in the next. And if that indeed is true right now, we're in for a scary future. All right, Dave, next question. Uh, you know, America has really fallen asleep as far as I'm concerned, and we've been invaded by enemies from within. Socialism. And how did, how did we let this happen? And is there any hope to deliver a crushing defeat that will take these socialists 100 years to recover, these Democrats, whatever you want to call them? Well, look at what they're trying to do right now with COVID-19. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a preview of the type of state they want, of the type of control they want. This book was written before COVID-19, but the subtitle of the book is Our Fight to Stay Free. Uh, and again, it comes back to education. It comes back to, you know, we're doomed to repeat history if we don't learn from it, if we don't understand that, you know, the, the, the failed ideologies that we've fought wars to defeat, like fascism, like communism and socialism are all leftist collectivist systems that reject the individual. And America was always premised on the individual's ability to strive and achieve based on individual freedom and equal justice, based on regardless of what your, your background is. And again, that was imperfect at the beginning, and we fought a civil war and a civil rights movement, and, and to this day are continuing to try to uh, make it a more perfect union. But when you have people within our country, leftists, who say, no, 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 no. America's been evil from the beginning, and capitalism is just exploitation. And it's ultimately going to be this socialist utopia where everything is free and everyone cooperates. To young, naive ears, that sounds attractive. And we're, we're, we're seeing more young people susceptible to that. Underneath also the blanket of political correctness and a media that does only the bidding of the left, uh, you can start to see how the information war becomes one that's pretty slanted against truth in America. And then we're seeing that firsthand, as you talked about in COVID-19. And Dave, the concern I have in, uh, in this process is COVID-19 has taken away our freedoms, as Pete was talking about. But I, what I'm dealing with in Pennsylvania and you're dealing with in California is just a, a direct opposite to some parts of the country, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but maybe the silver lining is people look around and say, wait, in some of these other states like Florida and Texas, they seem to be able to figure out um, how to let people be free and make choices while also protecting the most vulnerable. And that's why I love a little bit of what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. I call it the revolt of the hairdressers and barbers and gym owners and restaurant owners who say, how dare you tell me that my business is not essential? And not trust me enough to know that I can be, you know, responsible about the virus in my business while Target, 
uh, packs its aisles full of people waiting in football field-sized lines going through the same register. Don't tell me that's abiding by public health, but I can't do it in my hair salon. So those, right. these are not necessarily overtly political people, but they're entrepreneurs and they're hardworking and they don't want a handout. And so they're starting to rebel and just open up anyway. And, and the giant caveat over the whole thing is if you don't want to go out, you don't have to. We all have a choice. So if you, if you believe you're more susceptible to the situation, then stay home. But let the rest of us go out uh, and earn a living so that, the, as the president says often, the cure is not worse than the virus itself. And that's a great yeah. – wow, Dave. Next question for and, Pete. And, and this gives me hope. Yeah. This gives me hope because these hairdressers and barbershop owners and, and whoever are not the kind of people who are usually outspoken politically. Uh, do you think that this next election will be uh, Reagan-like, 49 state victories, you know, uh, and that COVID-19 will be the nail that puts uh, the far left's coffin to rest? Well, I hope so. It could be. But, of course, they're going to do everything they can to prevent that. Mail-in ballots is, 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 is a very dangerous idea that they're peddling, and the president is right to fight back against it, of course, the so-called fact checkers on social media from the Washington Post and the CNN, we know they're just naked leftists who hate the president. So there is a chance as long as the election is fair and along, you know, as long as this is handled well going into the fall. And it's going to be a tricky fall because you're going to see flu season. You might see an uptick. Governors are going to react differently. And hopefully the contrast of how you know, pro-freedom governors handle the situation versus your Newsoms and your Cuomos and your uh, what's that? What's her name up in Michigan? Uh, who are Whitmer? Who are just locking their states down and saying, "Well, now we can't open till there's a cure." I mean, it's lunacy. So I, that may provide the kind of contrast where people say, "Hey, let's give Donald Trump a chance to revive our economy to what it was uh, because he's done it before." Dave, you're so right. I mean, this is craziness. What's going to happen? Well, Pete, before we promote how everyone needs to pick up the book, Dave has a really quick question. It's a, it's a great question. It's evolving caregiving and how he's devoted his life. And we wanted to, and we want to add you as one of the quotes to his possible book with celebrities mm. about caregiving. So, Dave, go ahead with a quick question. Yeah, so I've been a caregiver for 23 years now. My wife had a stroke, lost her speech, became paralyzed. We suffered through the grief process. And 23 years later, we're, we're fighting. We've reinvented ourselves. We're traveling the country. We're helping uh, other caregivers stay alive since 30% of them actually die. I've spoken on 24 TV shows. I've spoken at Harvard, NASDAQ, all these places, just helping caregivers to understand that uh, they can also not only survive but thrive as a caregiver. So my question to you because I believe you're either going to become a caregiver, you're going to need a caregiver, and those escaping it. Mm -hmm. um, how has caregiving touched your life, Pete? Oh, my goodness. We, I mean, we're going through a little bit of it right now with, uh, with my wife's mother, and, you know, it's the ultimate decision of how you, how you handle and provide love to the people you love the most in, in a, you know, in a, in a, you know this better than I do. I mean, a system that uh, is different than the way many cultures care for other people uh, and so, I mean, it certainly hasn't touched my life the way it has yours, but I, I do think, and I've seen it more in the military context with military caregivers, with guys that come back, um, you know, without, le without legs or with post-traumatic stress or TBI and, and we need to highlight. So whatever you're, what you're doing with the book is what we need to highlight 
the, the depth of the task, how critically important it is, and frankly, the lack of resources and support caregivers often get because it's, it's the individual who is the focus, yet multiple lives are changed uh, in the process. So I salute you for what you're doing. And I know that on the caregiver side of the VA, because I've been involved in vets issues for years, okay. it is an underserved side of it. And I, but I think it all, it, all, um, it all comes together. Yeah, what you're doing with the VA, I'm doing with caregiving. My goal is to speak at the White House and the Congress one day just to help caregivers get the recognition that, uh, you know, the Alzheimer's Association has gotten because caregivers is like this tsunami coming. Nobody knows how bad things are, and if they all went on strike, this medical system would be bankrupt. And uh, That's entirely correct. Uh, and, and there are different ways that – our politicians want to reform or, or format our, our healthcare system, which would have a huge impact on it as well. So you're, you're right. The spotlight has to happen for uh, there to be a real catalyst for change. And so you check well, out. Caregiverdave.com is my platform. Everybody go there. And if you don't know a caregiver, if you do know a caregiver, send them there. And thanks so much for the. Uh, Absolutely, uh, Pete. Where can we pick up the book? I know you got a quick. You got to get to the next thing. Uh, appreciate anywhere, the time. Anywhere books are sold, uh, PeteHexet.com. You can go to FoxNation.com to get a signed version as well. So lots of options. Well, Pete, I appreciate awesome. you stopping by. Great conversation. We'll have to talk again. I appreciate you coming on the show. Love it. Thank right, you guys very much. See you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment.